Welcome to And With Your Spirit, a homily podcast that takes preaching out of the sanctuary and moves it into your daily life. Let us make ourselves open to the voice of Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit, that we might be transformed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Good morning, everyone. We've got a beautiful weekend for multiple reasons. Yesterday, a lot of our kids, our grandkids, nieces and nephews, celebrated with prom last night. I heard they, they all turned in early. They were all gone by like 10. I'm sure they all went home and went to bed, as good kids do, right? And then today, we're celebrating a, a First Communion this afternoon for 14 of our parishioners, receiving the body and blood of Christ for the first time, and what a beautiful day God has given us for that. For the times where we have failed to live in the beauty that God wants to give us, and instead have turned to sin, let us call those to mind and ask the Lord to forgive us. Everything in today's gospel is moving in one clear direction. Let's recap the life of Simon Peter. Uh, Twenty chapters ago, when he was a younger man, just a few years younger, he was fishing one day on the shore of Galilee, and a man came by and said, Hey, you're not having very good luck. Why don't you try that side of the boat for your fish? And he did it. And whenever he did it, there were so many fish that boats were in danger of sinking. You remember that? And then he fell down on his knees at Jesus' feet and said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. And right whenever he said, I'm a sinful man, so you need to go, he realized he was God. Jesus said, Follow me. And then he took this man, Simon, to his own mother-in-law's house, to Simon's mother-in-law's house, and healed her so that she could help get up and serve them food and talk and whatnot. And one author I read, he called that the double-edged miracle, healing somebody's mother-in-law when she might have died anyway, right? Get it there. Some people got it. Good. All right. Good. And then for the next two years, they just followed Jesus around until one day Jesus says, who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do they say that I am? And they said, John the Baptist, Elijah, prophet, whatever. Then he says, but who do you say that I am? And one person from all the apostles steps forward and says, you are the Christ. And who, what apostle is that? Simon Peter. In that moment, Jesus says, I say to you, you are Petrus, Peter, rock. And upon this rock, I'll build my church and I'll give you the keys. And you can bind and loose in my name. Makes him the Pope right then, right? The leader of all the apostles because he knows who Jesus is. Then, a few months later, however long it was, they go to the upper room and Jesus gives bread and wine, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation to all of his apostles. And he says, then I'm going to wash your feet. And he gets down, he starts to wash Simon Peter's feet. And Peter says, no way. Like, I'm lower than you. You're not lower than me. Get back up. And Jesus says, no, I have to do this or you're not worthy. Then Peter, putting his foot in his mouth again, says, well, then wash my whole body because I'm pretty bad, Lord, right? Which we all should say that same thing too. And then after that, they go to the garden and Jesus takes Peter and two others and says, pray with me a while. And Peter falls asleep. When the soldiers come and they arrest Jesus, which one of the apostles grabs a sword and cuts off an ear? Peter, right? He's defending the Lord. But then Jesus says to him, I tell you, like as strong as you think you are, you're going to deny me three times. Then that same night, Jesus is taken into custody, put into a, a cell, and Peter goes outside, stands in the courtyard where they're guarding the same cell. They can actually see each other. If you read John's gospel, I think it's 
verse, chapter 18 or 19. They can see each other through a window, and he gets around a charcoal fire with a bunch of guards, and they say, don't you know that guy? And Peter says the opposite of what he said before he got the keys. I don't know him. He just said, he is the Christ. And now he says, I don't know who he is. He says it three times. And he doesn't go to the cross, and he doesn't go to the tomb, and he doesn't, he's not there on the resurrection morning because the women go, not Peter, right? Now, this gospel it's moving in one direction for Peter. It says Jesus reveals himself again to his disciples. Again, Peter's already seen him. There's only one apostle not present whenever Jesus came to the locked room and gave them the Holy Spirit or he breathed on them and said, forgive sins. What apostle was not there? Thomas, not Peter. So Peter was there. Imagine this. You're the leader. You're the head. And you say, I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him. When he comes back from the dead, how are you going to feel when you're in that room, that locked room with the guy? I'd pull my phone out and be like, I'm checking emails, gotta go to the bathroom, right? Like, we don't even hear about what Peter does or he doesn't say anything because he's embarrassed, he hides. And then so finally, Peter says, well, I, I messed it all up, so the only thing I know how to do right, I'm gonna go fishing. That's all I know. Goes back home to maybe his family. He had a mother-in-law, so maybe he had a wife and kids, maybe grandkids, who knows? He goes, I'm gonna go fishing, they go with him. They're out on the water again. The man comes by, they don't know it's Jesus, cast your nets on the right side of the boat again. They do it, and they pull up 153 large fish. Peter's eyes are open because he remembers the moment he was called from three years ago or so. And he tucks in his garments for he is lightly clad, or the Greek there I think is actually, he puts on clothes because he was basically naked. Now, he jumps in the water. Why would you put on your clothes before you jumped in the water? I usually do the opposite of that, right? You probably do too when you go swimming. You, take, you have less on, not more. He puts clothing on. When was, when was another time in the Old Testament, maybe at the very beginning, where someone covered themselves up before they saw God? Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed, and God came looking for them. Here's Jesus, God, coming and looking for his lost sheep again. So Peter puts clothing on to jump in the water. At least he's eager, and he swims to shore fully clothed. When he gets there, the other apostles had to bring the rest of the boat with the fish up. Jesus says, have breakfast, but bring some of the, your fish. Oof. You're a sinful man, but I want you to bring the fish anyway. Like, I want to eat what you can, what you can bring. So they, Peter goes back, not the others. Peter's the one who grabs the net full of 153 large fish. 153 was the number of known countries in the world back then. In other words... Peter's net, the Holy Father's net, the church's net, it can hold everybody. It doesn't tear. And he pulls it ashore and he offers all of us to the Lord. And then Jesus sits down and starts to cook and he cooks over top of a what? A charcoal fire. When was the last time that Peter was at a charcoal fire? Just a few days before when it was him, a charcoal fire, and then Jesus and likewise, now a charcoal fire stands between them. And this time, Peter doesn't say, I don't know you. This time, Jesus says to Peter, not Peter, but he says, Simon, he's lost his title. He's not the rock. Not right now. He says, Simon, do you love me with a self-sacrificial, fully encompassing love? That's the word there, that word love. Do you love me with like all of your being? And Peter replies back, uh, Lord, you know that I love you. But his word love, he uses a different love. He says, 
I love you like a friend can love you or like a brother, but I can't love you with an all-sacrificing love. I know that I can't. So Jesus says it again. Do do you love me with everything in your whole heart? And Peter says, no. Well, he says, yes. He says, yes. I can love you this much, right? Drop the bar a little bit. Lord, I can't do it. You saw me. I messed it up. So then finally, Jesus asks a third time. Why three times? It's a full confession. He denied him three times. He gets to love him three times. He says, Simon, son of Jonah, bar Jonah, do you love me at least like a friend or a brother? Jesus lowers the bar and says, I'll meet you where you are. And that's the moment where he says, Lord, you know everything. You can see it. This is all I got. I love you like that. And then he says, good. Take care of my church. Then the last words that he says to Peter are the first words that Peter heard years before. It's the last words that Jesus says in all of the Gospels, of all the Bible. He says nothing more after this. He says, follow me. Everything in this Gospel passage is moving in one strong direction. It's moving Jesus and Peter back to reconciliation. I can't tell you how many of you and me, how many of us, we need the same reconciliation, if not with God, um, we need it with someone in our life. If everything in your life is not moving that way toward peace and forgiveness or receiving or giving, if it's not moving toward reconciliation, um, it should be. <laughs>